You're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we talk about feeling better, doing better, and being better in midlife and beyond. I'm Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. We are continuing with our special series on unretirement, which we started a couple of episodes ago with episode 178. Now, for the sake of definition, I'm using the term unretirement to refer to the work that you are doing or you're planning to do after you leave your first career or after you leave the work that you were doing for a long time. The average retirement age in the U.S. is 62 years old. But of course, this isn't set in stone and many leave their careers before or after that age. I, for example, quote-unquote, retired from my corporate career at the age of 50. So what we're doing in this special series is looking at the landscape from different angles. We're looking at different options and different ways that people have approached their post-retirement life. Now, starting with today's episode and for the whole month of May, we are switching to a weekly schedule here on the podcast while we cover the topic of unretirement. So every Thursday, you're going to get an episode in your feed, which is another installment in the series. Now, during this time, I'm bringing back a few select episodes from The Vault that not only fit our theme, but are especially insightful to help you think about your post-career career. In this episode, I'm reintroducing Mary Beth Simone, who I first met when I interviewed her on the podcast way back in 2019, and we've been friends since then. The first time Mary Beth was on the show, she talked about how she planned for her post-retirement life. And at that time, she had only retired from her corporate career the year before, so everything was still fresh from her mind, and she was at the beginning of her new adventure. One of the things that struck me with her experience was how Mary Beth was able to make a smooth transition with little stress because she carefully planned for life after retirement long before she packed up her office. So she was very deliberate about, you know, kind of what she wanted to do and how she went about pursuing those things. In this episode from The Vault, Mary Beth shared what sparked the idea for her unique consulting practice, how she fine-tuned that idea so that it aligned with her vision for her next chapter in her life, and where she focused her energy as she got it off the ground. Okay, let me step out of the way and reintroduce you to Mary Beth Simone. Today, I am hosting Mary Beth Simone, the owner of Niche Partnership Consulting. Mary Beth is a part of a growing number of Gen Xers and boomers who are not interested in retiring to put their feet up and play golf all day. Nope, ma'am. They feel that they are much too young for that and much too healthy to do that. Not only do they want to keep earning, which is of course a good thing, but they also know that they have these skills, these experiences that they can leverage to help and uh, be relevant to their communities or the tribe of people that they want to serve. And you know that I'm one of them, right? So that is one of the reasons that I'm so excited to be talking about this topic with you today. 
Mary Beth retired from her corporate career in December 2018 and promptly started her consulting practice in early 2019. Now that takes planning and deliberate action and intentionally heading towards a chosen direction, which for Mary Beth wasn't a given necessarily. She had to think about it and really design what she wanted to do next. This is an excellent, excellent episode to listen to if you are nearing retirement or beginning to consider possibilities beyond your current career. Mary Beth, welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure to be here. Last year, you retired from your corporate career. You were in the financial industry, if I'm not mistaken. So you retired in 2018. And then earlier this year, 2019, you started your own consulting company or consulting practice. So did you always know that you wanted to do something after retirement? You always knew that this was the game plan all along? Or was this something that came up, this idea came to you afterwards? Well, I always knew that I wanted to do something after retirement. The challenge was trying to figure out what that would be. So, of course, you know, working in a corporate uh, field, you're just so busy with the demands of the career that you're in. It's really difficult to figure out what your next move will be. So I knew I, my goal was to retire early. So to retire by the time I was 55, everything in the benefits package made sense at that point. And uh, so I thought that, you know, I'm young enough and in good health that it really makes sense to do something else and try and wrap up all of that experience that I had from my corporate career and try and bring that to my community and enhance the lives of people uh, where I could help them in a more direct fashion than I was in my corporate world. Mm-hmm. So you so you knew you were going to do something, but you didn't know exactly what yeah. form or what exactly that would be. So can you walk us through how you decided or how this came about, this idea of a consulting practice? Or t- tell us first, tell us what it is that you do today, what the consulting practice is. And then if you wouldn't mind sharing how that idea came about. Sure, sure. So the consulting practice is called Niche Partnership Consulting. And I provide project management services to individuals and to businesses. Mm. Um, so it's a very unique service. Uh, I love project management. That is the majority of what I did in my corporate life. So I was a project manager and a program manager for multi-million dollar technology projects. Um, so it was like very technical, but my area of expertise was helping business areas get what they needed from their IT teams. Um, So really building relationships, translating needs to two different areas who don't always understand each other, (laughs) um, as you probably have experience with that as well. Um, So I wanted to bring that project management service to my community, but I didn't really ever see consultants in the Philadelphia area, at least, who were working in project management, serving businesses. So that was uh, that was one aha that there may be a gap in that service. 
And then um, while I was planning my retirement, a friend of mine had retired a few years before me. And uh, she actually was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I was going through the process of helping her through that process. And then she died last year, uh, 4th of July, 2018. And then so while I'm getting ready to retire, I also started a process of helping her husband navigate that corporate retiree benefits world. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had no experience dealing with corporations. And so I used project management techniques uh, to help put a process in place. And we were both learning as we went um, to help him through that process uh, so that's when I realized that this struggle that I, I was experiencing with the loss of my friend and helping her husband was actually an inspiration for this new business where I could help individuals and I could help businesses. I think you mentioned in an in a, in exchange that we had prior to scheduling the call that one of the challenges that you, you faced uh, starting up this this consulting practice is that there weren't a lot of similar businesses or you know service companies that you could use to as a role model or as a model for what you're wanting to do. Is that did I understand that correctly? Yes, that's exactly correct. And um, so from you know the position of doing some market analysis before starting your business, yeah. There were no similar businesses for me to benchmark against. Uh, So it made it difficult to make data-driven decisions in starting this business. Um, Some of it, I really just needed to make decisions based on anecdotal feedback that I received from my sphere of influence my local community, entrepreneurs, friends and family when I would talk through things, you know, people would say, yes, we need you. Uh, And then there were just a couple other experiences uh, that helped me realize, oh, yeah, this is a service that's needed. Gotcha. Were you um, were you openly I guess sharing, talking about it with people. So how how are you doing how are you doing that, I guess, in the beginning? So that was I think it was a small circle of confidence that I uh shared with. So of course I was still, you know, working my corporate job. Um and I hadn't given my retirement notice till like the fall of 2018. So as these ideas were brewing, I would bounce them off of some close friends in the workplace and then my friends and family. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So created that that group of they really became like a feedback circle for me as I was developing this idea. That is fantastic. That's one area that I find in my conversations with different folks um, is that, you know, for, for the folks who I interview on the podcast um, who have already successfully transitioned into something else, there is a common theme that they look to their inner circle or they talked about what they're thinking. They share their plans, even if they weren't 100% sure about it yet. 
and and the people who um who are in the process of transitioning or thinking about transitioning they tend to not want to share because there is the concern that you know people might think well what are you thinking what what are you doing you know why yeah. are you wanting to do something so different from what you do today or that's so risky or you know, that kind of stuff. Did you get those kinds of reactions? Or maybe in your case, it was different because you were retiring or? Well, I think I still received those reactions because I was, you know, I was continuing to climb the ladder in my corporate life. So to some people, I don't think it made any sense why I would retire and start something new. And being in a a corporate career for over 30 years in one company doing multiple various jobs. Um, it still to everyone there seemed very risky to leave right. and start something new. So yeah, you have to be ready to uh, receive that feedback as well. Um, but at the same time, I was receiving a lot of positive feedback. Uh, that helped to encourage me. Now, the people who thought that it was too risky, sometimes they asked me great questions that I really needed to think about. So it helped me to continue to grow this idea and mature it. So I was grateful for the the negative feedback as well. Yes, exactly. And no, it's true because it, it some of those questions that we get asked, sometimes we, we haven't come up with the, we haven't thought about them ourselves or we haven't come up yes. with the right answer, right? So we keep poking. I hear that you obviously, you're le leveraging a lot of the skills that you have naturally already from, from your corporate career. But as you move on to this new space, what, what what new things did you have to learn that you felt like, oh God, I don't know anything about this. I have to learn this from the beginning. Yeah. The, so there were, there were so many things. Um, so one, I needed to really work on developing my local network. Mm. So I had a fantastic network inside the corporate arena. And so I really needed to focus on developing my local network and really connecting in, becoming uh, better known in the local circles and leveraging my local entrepreneurial contacts for recommendations and referrals of who to work with for other consulting services that I needed to get started. So developing that network, that was one thing. And then another area where I had a lot of learning was related to all of the apps that I needed to run <laughs> my business. And I just listened to your technology episode yesterday and I was driving and I thought, oh my gosh, I can so relate to this because I felt like I lost about six weeks trying to find a CRM system, mm. a client relationship management system. And I knew, already knew so much about it because I led the project for uh, Vanguard to bring that in for the company. And I thought, how can this be so difficult uh, for me to choose an application? But it was. that I, I laugh when you said that because that reminded me of my own experience. I also um, have an IT background from my corporate career. And I had always considered myself as tech savvy, right? Yes. And 
this was not the area that I thought I was going to, that was going to ever post a challenge for me. But I realized that the systems that I knew, uh, which I knew a ton of systems, but they were all enterprise level systems. They were for big businesses. <laughs> yeah. And when we worked for the enterprise, they spent a lot of money customizing things that were not user friendly, right? So as a small business owner, we don't have that right, exactly. flexibility to have a lot of customization. So it takes time to weed through those applications and to critique what they are presenting as their features and evaluate whether they really work for us. Right, exactly. What about the, and I didn't know if, if you had this element in your previous career, but uh, certainly for me, one of the biggest challenges that I faced was um, having to look for my own clients. I was in consulting for a long time. So I thought that was another thing. I thought I'm used to, well, I was a consultant. I sold projects. You know, I proposed them projects. I know how to sell, right? I know how to look for clients. But then um, I realized that there's a big difference between selling as a consultant for this big company, this big consulting company that I was part of versus selling as Lou Blazer. And I I was wondering whether you had that same sort of experience, if that was a challenge for you or if that was a smooth sort of view. No, so yeah, that was a learning curve for me as well. So luckily, one of my friends is a very talented uh, realtor. And so he, I employed him as my sales coach. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, yes, and so he, uh, you know, he was very straightforward with me about sales processes and what I needed to do to start to build my client base and how to network and coached me to not be shy in any social arena talking about my business. That was difficult for me, especially in the early phases, because I felt like I was leveraging personal relationships for business needs. And so that was, that felt like a challenge in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it easy for you to let go of the previous hat that you were wearing? So the identity of Mary Beth as this corporate individual who worked in this corporate structure, who was climbing that ladder, and then this other hat, was it, how was that experience for you? I think that I worked on that uh, aspect of my identity being so closely associated with my work as I was working through this transition for about five years, trying to develop, you know, what I was going to do, how I would make that transition and what my goals were. So I really had to closely look at that connection of how I saw myself as being this corporate person. But it was not difficult for me at the time that I retired uh, to let go of that hat. Because you had already been preparing yourself. Mentally, yeah. And then I think for me being, I'm always looking towards the future and I feel most comfortable when I've created a plan for how to navigate. I'm a natural planner. Uh, so once I was able to really formulate that concept of where I was going, I was all in. 
how how long in terms of elapsed time did you think it took you to finally say this is what I'm going to do next? So to I mean I knew from the time I was 50 that my goal was to retire at 55, but I didn't know what I would do. But then in that last year, uh, like the whole year of 2018, was when I really formulated what I was going to focus on. I started working on formulating my business in September while I was still working at Vanguard. So that by the time I retired, the end of December, I was already, I already had my attorney set up. I had, I had already filed the business with the state. I was starting to move along. I was starting to build my website. When I retired, I had things to focus on right away, which was great. So it wasn't like there was a period of, or was there, I don't know, was there a period of, you know what, for the first three months, I'm just not going to do anything. Uh, and I'm just going to put my feet up or was there, was it immediately getting into a new work situation? So I probably did a little bit of my version of put my feet up. Um, so I was working on the new business, but then in January, I decided that I always wanted to become a yoga instructor. So I was taking a class, a Les Mills body flow class, which is yoga inspired. And in that class, I thought I could do this. I can teach this. So that was in January. And then I talked to the director at where at the fitness center. And she said, Yes, we really could use more instructors, we would love for you to get certified. So then I started that at the same time. Yeah, so I I became certified at the end of April. So but that was a really healthy way for me to approach the business mm -hmm. because the business is such a mental exercise and sometimes there are things that you can't move faster just by putting more time in. So I can have a tendency to overwork. So it was good for me to have a physical focus as well to work through and to keep me balanced as I was building the business. Yeah. We're going to get back to the interview shortly. I just wanted to briefly mention that this podcast is made possible by Midlife Cues. Now, Midlife Cues is a weekly digital publication for midlifers who are keen on making the most of their midlife. Every Sunday, we explore topics that help us live a joyful midlife. We talk about health and well-being. We talk about midlife mindset, one of the most important foundational things that we really need to master. We examine what growing bolder in our middle years mean for each of us individually. And we explore how we redefine success at work and in life. Give Midlife Cues a try by signing up for your free copy at midlifecues.com. Okie dokie, let's get back to the conversation. So that's actually a good segue to my next question, which is, like, uh, do you consider yourself primarily, primarily retired but just doing something on the side? Or do you consider yourself primarily running a business? I consider myself primarily running a business. I consider myself 100% retired from my corporate job. 
And primarily running my new yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like, because for example, I live in Clearwater. So there's a lot, there's a big retired community here. And uh, some of the people that I've, I've met, come across, they've retired. They're not, they are, I would consider them primarily retired. Maybe Maybe for 10 hours a week or for 15 hours a week. Like I've met, I've just met someone who works in the local library, but she only pulls in like 12 hours a week. So it's really, she's primarily retired for a few hours a week. She would just do something to kind of keep her, you know, mind going, but that's not your situation. You are actually running a business. I am actually running a business and I do feel strongly that you know, if it's likely that we're going to live into our mid 80s, that it's important for people if they retire in their 50s to find a way to bring their talents to their community to help improve the life of others. How, how do you see your corporate um, experience helping or leading or helping you with your business today? So that's a great question. Um, my corporate experience was so varied. So I think in the uh, resiliency and the ability to learn different business areas, like every business area in a corporation has its own culture, its own norms, its own technology. So that's very uh, strong training for being a consultant to various businesses and helping individuals with their specific project management needs. And then I have a lot of structured training from my corporate experience, which is a great background to bring to local businesses who may not be as well versed in those type of disciplines. Right. Do you see, um, you know, this whole, the employee mindset versus I'm running my business mindset sort of thing? What has been your experience? Has that, has that been a, a big, huge shift that you felt uh, for yourself? It's interesting, because when I was running projects, there was never anyone to uh, step in for me when I was out on vacation, or you really had kind of an entrepreneurial approach when you're the project manager or a program manager. Um, so in that way, it wasn't really different. But sometimes people will say they have a perception that it's easy to work for yourself. You know, now you're, you have your own business, you can make your own hours, and you have no stress. Not so true. People say that to me, like, oh, now you have no stress. And I say, no, I, I have stress, but I only have myself to blame for it now because <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> Funny that you said that earlier on in my own um, journey. This actually leads to this, this anecdote that I'm sharing leads to my question for you, because I found myself creating a business that I didn't particularly enjoy, but that it was, um, it was the, my first foray into the business world and a lot of suggestions, advice out there says go this path, which made sense to, as an entryway. I didn't realize until I was already in it that I ended up creating a job for myself. <laughs> and I looked around and I said, 
is this really what I want to build? I don't really want this, do I? Because I'm not enjoying this. Interesting. <laughs> I, I bring that up because one of the things that I... I saw when we were exchanging, you know, information before the call, you said that it took you a while to, even though you knew that there was this service, this thing that you ended up delivering or that you end up doing now, even though you knew that it was needed or that there was a need for that particular service offering, it took you a while to feel excited about it. So I was wondering if you would mind, you know, expanding on that and talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I was trying to figure out what I would do next, people often suggested that I become an, a consultant. And I worked with a lot of consultants in my corporate role. And I just, that wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want to work for a large consulting firm. I didn't want to really work on large projects for corporations uh, so what would that look like? I think that was the part where I was trying to figure out how could I be excited about that kind of that kind of work. And I think really the key for me was when I realized that I could focus in on small local businesses who needed project management services and individuals who are going through times of transitions taking over uh, retiree benefits or planning for uh, contingency events in their own life, then I felt really excited about, about what I could do. Do you think that it, that was more of, I don't want to be part of another structure? Yeah, part of what I realized through this journey was that I didn't want to be an employee again. That was really, uh, that was an important realization for me. And then it was hard to say what I wanted because I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, I didn't see anyone else doing it. So I didn't really know, you know, until I figured it out through this journey, I didn't really know what it looked like. And then once I figured that out, then I could say, oh, this is what it looks like. And then people would say to me, you can't do that. No one else does that. (laughs) And I thought, well, Let's keep going with this and see if I can do that. <laughs> when, when, when we say nobody does that, is it because this kind of work is typically offered by larger companies? Is that it? Or it's- well, yeah. So small businesses can engage with larger consulting firms for projects, but the larger consulting firms are not interested in the smaller projects that a small business would have. So Mm -hmm. for example, I helped one small business create strategic planning leadership offsite for the owner and his team. You know, Accenture doesn't want to come in to create an offsite. There really aren't resources for them. And then another uh, small business owner, there was an accident. One of his buildings was impacted uh, by an accident and he needed help pursuing that insurance claim. There was It was a machinery shed, so all of this machinery had to be replaced. And he didn't have the bandwidth to pursue that mm-hmm. and keep his business running. So he hired me to do that. So these companies, they don't really have other alternatives to hire a short-term project manager to come in and help them. Right. So when you talk to the small businesses, do you approach them as a project manager for hire? Is that how you uh, show up? 
Yes, as a project manager. Yes. For short-term projects where I can come in and I can enhance their current uh, employee structure for a short term and provide those services to get them through. What do you think has been most helpful to you, whether that's people or a certain practice or a process? What has been most helpful to you in terms of your transition? Yeah, so I think of two things off the top of my head. So first, I would say that my circle of confidants, my friends and family who I've been able to connect with and get coaching from uh, to help bring this whole uh, concept to fruition. And then second, which I never even saw this on the radar, is the community of podcasters. Oh, my goodness. Although I had always listened to podcasts, I had no idea how important the podcast community would be in my professional development as a, mm. an entrepreneur. So one of the consultants that I hired for marketing, she recommended that I connect with the What Works Network, explore what works. And so I connected there and that's where I met you. And I've just been, I just devour the podcast because it really helps me to learn and grow and to expand my connections. I learned so much about um, my business through the podcasts that I listened to and that I continue to listen to. So valuable. It's such a wonderful resource for all of us and really how we can learn from each other and support each other in you know, growing this larger community of entrepreneurs. Uh, speaking of growing your community, you're you're particularly focused in growing your local community. Am I right? It's unlike, for example, an online sort of entrepreneur who's, you know, far and wide. But in your particular case, it's very focused to your geographic location. Yes, my focus is really my local community. So the work that I do with individuals to create a personal contingency plan where their loved ones would be able to pick up uh, and and continue on with running the finances for the home if anything were to happen to the person that is the primary manager of the of the money. That kind of work, I actually go to people's homes mm, yes. uh, as part of the work because all of the information is there. It's easier for us to work that way. And then for my clients who are beneficiaries inheriting uh, a retiree's accounts, that's also a lot of work that I do at the client's home. Gotcha. So do you, are you showing up in local events? Is that what you're doing? To get clients? Yeah. And to, so a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, I have limited, you know, I can only take so many clients at this point. Next year, I'm considering potentially expanding and adding on maybe some other retirees. Uh to help me out. Um, and then I would be able to help more people. But for the time being, I can only help a limited number of people. So part of it is my clients tell their friends, and then they reach out to me. And then I do speaking events uh, at small business associations. Yeah. Was that something that you were doing before at Vanguard? Or no, this is something 
you've started? Well, I always, I w- was always in the mode of doing public speaking at Vanguard. We always had to do uh, presentations. So that's not new, but connecting in with these organizations is new. Where can we find you, uh, your business, and also online? Where can we find you in social media, for example? Yeah, so nichepartnershipconsulting.net uh, is my website. And then I have a Facebook page for, for the business, and I'm on LinkedIn. Cool beans. I will definitely put a link to all of that on the show notes. But this has been fantastic, Mary. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with me. Thank you so much, Lou. I hope you enjoyed this episode from The Vault. For all the links and highlights of this episode, please head on over to secondbreaks.com. As a reminder, we are on a weekly schedule during the month of May while we continue to cover the topic of unretirement. And so be sure to check back next week for another special episode in our series. Until then, keep on making your den, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>